Why are you so nervous, Marcus? It's all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> good day, chick. And I'll just say right back to him. I'll say, good day, toots. Did the t- boys take the piss out of it? Yes, we did, but we all did enjoy it. Quinny boy. It's back. It's back. It's back. It's been missing for a few weeks. As soon as you um, ran the intro then, I thought we were going to do a little chit-chat and then do the intro. Yeah. But you ran straight into the intro. But that's fine. I don't mind it. It's, it's all good. You can always play the intro yeah. again. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how we we'll go. We'll see how we go. We'll see yeah. how this little chit-chat goes. How have you been, man? How's your week? Grand yeah. final week? Yeah. No, it's, it, was, it was good. I mean, grand final, well, grand final weekend lasted four days for people in Victoria. I mean, we had the... The Queen's Morning Day on the Thursday, which, R.I.P. to a real one, which was um, unfortunate but great. Um, Friday, Grand Final public holiday, Saturday Grand Final day, and then obviously Sunday. So it was it was a big weekend. Um, yeah, had plenty on, which was great. But Grand Final itself wasn't uh, the most spectacular game. No, it probably wasn't what we all thought it was going to be, and it didn't live up to the hype. I mean, if you're a Geelong supporter, you'd be over the moon, no doubt. But um, for a neutral supporter, or especially a Sydney supporter, it. Uh, mm. Definitely wasn't the result that I think a lot of people were expecting. And you were there as well? I was there. How was it? Yeah, oh, it was, uh, well, I mean, apart from the game itself, it was an awesome experience. There's nothing quite like Grand Final Day from the, the pre-match entertainment, the Grand Final Sprints, is just, which is just so much to sort of look forward to that it separates itself from other games of football. Um, so it was great. The, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, I put my Sydney cap on that day and I ended up having it off by about quarter time. I didn't want people to know I bought it, so... It was, um, yeah, obviously a lot of ups and downs, but the game itself was a bit of a, yeah, obviously fizz. just a massive whitewash, bit of a fizz, but it was still a good experience and the atmosphere was nuts, especially when, you know, I think when Tyson Stengel kicked his third goal, everyone went bananas. When Joel Selwood kicked that goal in the last quarter, everyone went bonkers. Like it was, mm. yeah, it was it was fantastic to be around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a, yeah, as a Geelong supporter, there would have been a, a fantastic day. And I think almost one of the better flags, I think, that, that they've won, Um out of like 07, 09, 2011. Because um, so many people wrote them off, really, saying, oh, they're, they're old, too old, too slow. They're aging. You know, how are they just keep picking up these old players? They're, they're, they're always falling short or um, getting beaten by a team that's just a bit younger and quicker. And, geez, did they prove everyone wrong? And, and in dominant fashion as well, they couldn't have... No one was beating them on grand final day. I don't think... It doesn't matter if Sydney was there or not. I don't think anyone's beaten them this year. Well, it was funny. You, of course, after the game, you see a lot of comments saying, you know, from my Collingwood Colin supporters, would. oh, if we'd have won, we would have been there. I even saw a few Richmond supporters, oh, if we would have been there, we would have beaten Geelong. Like, it's one of those ones. You, obviously, no. you never know, but it's one, the way they played, it just, yeah. it really looked like no one was beating them on, on that day, no matter who was going to be there. And even whether they, it was a whitewash like that, who knows, but it, they just looked so determined. And in the prelim as well. Like, yeah, that, that's the thing. I think people forget there. they did that against Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think the difference was. No one looked at Brisbane the same way we look at Sydney. Mm. So the, to dismantle a team like Sydney like that was obviously very surprising. And a lot of players that would normally play good footy didn't stand up to the occasion. So, yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, there's only two or three Sydney players that I thought can definitely hang their heads higher with their performances. And the rest are probably, you know, you're wondering where they were. Who were they? The Sydney players. Well, Warner. Yeah, he was good. Warner was really good. Um, definitely not Buddy. No, not Buddy. But the worst in, game I've seen him play. Yeah, but in saying that, like, remember, they had, I think, 36 inside 50s for the game mm. only. And I'm pretty sure, from memory, most times it went down there, he was double teamed. Mm. Now, I know you've got to find a way to insert yourself into the game, but he didn't exactly have the easiest conditions for a big forward like himself. But, yeah, definitely not Buddy. Um, yeah, Chad Warner was the main one. I think he, his game was phenomenal. Um, yeah. But Robbie Fox was all right. Robbie Fox was good, especially early. Yeah. He was really good early. Um, Luke Parker was okay. Luke Parker but was all right. Did, yeah. 
But yeah, there's not many. Not many standouts. Now you put me on the spot. No. I can't think of any. I had a couple, <laughs> that, that and now they're all gone. That was the whole. That, that was the list. Mostly, mostly just Chad Warner. Yeah, nah, Chad was. I good. thought Papley was actually right too. From um, yeah. when I was watching him, it looked like he got a lot of the ball. But I haven't. He tried. He tried to have an impact. I th- I'll give him that. He definitely tried to. I think um, it's hard in that situation for anybody yeah. to have an impact. So. Yeah. But the the decision to play Sam Reed obviously backfired. He was uh, wow. cooked. I, yeah, to drop Logan McDonald mm. was a very interesting one for me. Yes, his form wasn't fantastic, but there was always a big chance that um, Reed was going to you know have this injury problem and miss out on a lot of large chunk of the game. So to have a young forward like McDonald potentially could have stood up and. Didn't get that chance is disappointing, but mm. I think they have bigger issues than Sam Reid oh, not man. playing. It wasn't, I mean, that, wasn't, that wasn't the reason. wasn't the reason. It didn't no. help, but no. that's, not, that's not the reason. You no. can't look at John Longmire and say, we look, didn't win this game because of you. Mm. So Yeah, exactly. But but it is all about the Geelong Footy Club and, man, they've got stories and players left, right and centre that we can talk about all day. You know, the main one being Joel Salwood, who um, announced his retirement today. Um I called it last week on the big call. Here we go. I did. That's <laughs> my did. second big call that's gotten up you did. in the space of a few weeks. Um, and, man, you could tell by the celebrations and when he kicked that goal, the final siren and everything, you could tell he was that was his last game. Yeah, I think when that goal went through, which, mind you, incredible goal. That, that checks out from like 45 metres out was bananas. <laughs> you didn't mean that, did you? <laughs> no, you didn't. Give the look that you gave me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely bananas. But um yeah, I think he, he just his head fell into his hands and you could just see his balling his eye. Like he, I think yeah. you I think you could tell. You see Hawkins was crying a lot when they were hugging each other at the final song, which shows that yeah. Yeah, I think it's they, the last time they were gonna play together. I think they all knew. I mean, even Danger when he went and picked him up, I mean didn't have that same emotion as Hawkins, but you could see that he knew something was up too. So I think the signs were there. Um yeah. but what a storied career. Yeah, I mean for me. I think it's the greatest career of all time in terms of success. You look at his resume. Yeah, yeah I think I for me, I think he's yeah, he's, the, he's definitely an all-time great. He's a walk-up Hall of Fame player. Um, and I think he's got the best. I think he's had the best career of anyone to ever play the game. It's hard to think of any player that yeah, has a resume quite like his. No, well, um, three fifty-five games, four premierships, six-time All-Australian. And one season that he didn't play finals. Yeah, exactly. I think he's, he's, he's won the. He's got the highest winning percentage of any player to play the game, which is nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. So he's he's had the. I think it's the career that every AFL player dreams of. Really, yeah. You know, every player that gets drafted, you dream to have a career like Joel Selwood. His first season was a flag, wasn't it? Yeah. Seven. First season was a flag, and his last season was a flag as well. Not a bad way to start and mm. finish your career, but I did have a little controversial. Controversial Go opinion. I, I, I mentioned it to you before the podcast. Yeah, I want to so hear You know it. what it is. I want to hear it. And the yeah. more I say it out loud, the, the, the dumber it sounds. Um, in my head, it made sense, but now I'm saying it out loud. It really does sound a little bit stupid. But I was saying, as a not as a player, so take him as a player and the way he goes about on field completely out of the picture. But I think as a... Because he's considered one of the best captains of all time. right? And I think he's a very, very good captain, especially with the things, the on-field leadership, the off-field leadership, et cetera, et cetera. But I was saying I think he's he's a little bit overrated as a captain. And my reasoning for that, so hear me out, Geelong fans, but my reasoning for that is I feel like Geelong have never been in a position of struggle or turmoil where he's really had to lift the group up and turn things around. I mean, yeah, they've been called old a few times and all that, but they've always been successful. Like he's had one year where they didn't play finals. And even then, 
it came down, I think, to like round 22 where there was still a chance to play finals at you. So they've never really bottomed out in his whole time at the club. And he's always had like a fantastic team built around him. Like his leadership skills, no doubt, but I just feel like he hasn't, and it's not no fault of his, like he can't help that he plays for a good club. But I mean, I just look at someone like a Paddy Cripps who's been at Carlton and they've been shocking. No, you know, you know that. No, I'm not not out of line by saying that, but the way he's sort of, when they're, they're played well, no no secret he won the Brownlow this year. Like he's, he's uplifting, he lifts his team up th- like from the rubble. And I think Selwood hasn't had that opportunity and that's not taking anything away. I feel like he has the ability to do that, but I just feel like we haven't seen him have to do that. And maybe I'm biased because I look at someone like, well, like Crips for one, I look at a Cochin who got named captain in the same season, got named captain, Richmond finally made the finals for the first time in like 12 years or something like that. Played three finals, he was in a row. Then he's won three flags, like... I'm looking at that and I'm not saying he's a better captain than Koch. I'm just saying I think he hasn't done the same things that some other captains have had to do with their mm. clubs. Yeah, no, I see your point. But then you could also argue maybe he's the reason why Geelong is so good because of his leadership. Well, that's true as well. So but you can, yeah, maybe, devil's advocate. You can look at it both ways. Maybe his leadership skills are that good that that's what's kept their standards so high throughout this whole period. And the, his teammates talk about him as, you know, the greatest teammate they've ever played with and well, Chris the best Scott leader. said he's the best player he's ever seen yeah, play, well, which I, mean, I think that's a massive stretch. Chris Scott played with some bloody good players. I think it, Joel Selwood is a fantastic player, but to say he's the best player you've ever seen play, he had Gary Ablett on the same team. Mm. He's not better than Gary Ablett. No. He's got a better resume than Gary Ablett, but he's not a better player than Gary Ablett. Talent-wise, yeah, you'd say. That's he's, what I'm he's saying. Not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there's an argument to say that as a player in general, He's up there, a hundred percent. No, so. that's the thing, and I don't want to. I don't, I don't want that to set what I was saying then to come off like I was dissing. You took a, more, a couple of loud motorbikes flying past. I don't know if you can geez, hear that in the audio. That, that must was, be loud to for us to hear that. That's nuts. But um, maybe we need those sound things. Maybe we should, get, we should get them back. Get the uh, audio panels back. But yeah, that wasn't me trying to take anything away from Joel. So I still think he's an absolute superstar and legend of the game. Like I'm not taking that away. I was just saying he hasn't quite been through that diversity that um, a lot of other clubs and captains have had to been through. But once again, no fault of his own. He mm. can't help that his team's always had a good list and managed, like list management and stuff like that. You, it's not his fault. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like I, I said, this, the more I say it out loud, the dumber it sounds. But I think it's even the stuff that he does off the field. Yeah, that and that, ma- that makes him such a great leader. That Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely... So I think um, that's, right what, that's what helps his, his legacy as well. So, But yeah, he'll be sorely missed. And it was pretty emotional. Like I think... A lot of people's opinion of Joel Selwood has changed over the last few days since the grand final. We asked me three weeks ago. I said, I just call him a ducko and, and he's going to stop ducking. And you probably him. wouldn't be like a bit emotional about him retiring, would you? I think you? it's one of those ones where he's a player that, like, if because he's, he's not on your team, you love to hate him because he's so good. And now, yeah. is it re- now he's retiring, it's you can kind of more sit back and appreciate mm. what he was doing. You think, oh, wow, okay, yeah, like, I probably was a little bit of a nuffy to call him all these things. Like, he's actually a, an absolute star. Um, yep. which it was never a secret, but I think you just didn't appreciate it as much as an opposition fan um, until now. But you touched on the off-field things, and I wanted to share a quick story I heard today. And it's one of those stories where uh, someone that knows someone that knows Joel or, you know, that knows his wife, that knows Joel, except like something like that. But the story I heard was that Gary Ablett um, had his son, I think it's his son's name is Levi. Yep. Yep. Um, had Levi go out into the ground with Joel, carried him through the banner, started the game. Beautiful thing. Like absolutely Beautiful gesture by Geelong, Joel Selwood, all the rest of it. Apparently, originally, the rumors say Gary Ablett declined and he didn't want to. He didn't want to um, have the whole thing. And 
Joel Selwood, of course, then all of a sudden reached out to someone that knew Gaz and said, well, what's the go? Why doesn't Gaz want to do this? Like, I mean, it's, you know, what, for what reason could you think not to? Apparently, Geelong's original intention was to give Gary Ablett, like, tickets to the game, obviously, parking, et cetera, et cetera. But the parking was at the, um, the, tennis, um, the tennis grounds there mm. on Olympic Boulevard or whatever it's called. And Gary was going to have to walk from there through the crowd into the G. And I think with his son and the, the things that he's going through and obviously the personality that Gaz is, he's going to get stopped by a thousand people. Grand final day, you're not getting into the G without getting harassed, stopped. And when you've got a kid that's going through what he's going through, I think it's, it was a bit too much and a bit, yeah, it was a lot, too much, I guess. And Gaz sort of declined for that reason. And Joel sort of got on the phone with the cat straight away and said, what are you guys thinking? This is ridiculous. And like went out of his way to make all these phone calls. On grand final week, like a day or two before, to make sure that Gaz got stadium car parking right next to the change room so he could walk straight up the race and back down into his car and go if he wanted to. And I think it doesn't sound like much, but I think that the fact that he cared so much about doing something for someone like a past player mm. and his son and what they're all going through, I think was a really beautiful gesture. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. It doesn't surprise me at all. And I'm pretty sure that's what Ablett ended up doing, according to his social media, that he didn't stay for the whole match. He watched the rest of it at, at home. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, his son's probably it probably yeah probably wasn't the best environment for him, but yeah, for them to have that moment was was super, and yeah, it speaks volumes to Selwood. It was great, one of the best moments you'll see. I've heard as well from a lot of sources that he is one of the all time best blokes in the AFL. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a very good role model to a lot of a lot of kids and and people in general for sure. I think a lot of people aspire to be like Joel Selwood. So he will be sorely missed from the game, whether you. You love him or you, or you hate him. Or love uh, to hate him. Yeah. I mean, we've, um, I mean, obviously Jack, Vin- Jack Ginnivan loves him a lot, so emulates his game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he did it? say that, actually, so we can't even... Cheeky Collingwood jab already, but... Um, you always have to find one. <laughs> but no, nah, he'll be sorely missed, and yeah, congratulations on a great career, and interesting to see what these other older Geelong players do as well. Um, you know, Dangerfield's finally got his flag now after 300-odd games, and... You know, Tom Hawkins has just won his third. Isaac Smith won his fourth. I'm not sure about him holding up four fingers when three of them were won at Hawthorne yeah, at well, their biggest rival. A flag's a flag, I guess. But I know, but it's a bit... It's, uh, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then you've got you know, players like Cam Guthrie and Mitch Duncan. You know, I mean, you could name all of them. They're all Jeremy old. Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. Jer- well, yeah. not that he's old, but just good to see him win. Yeah, Which, it's good to see... Jeez, he's a funny man. He Have is you a, seen his I, socials? I've never appreciated Jeremy Cameron this much. I mean, I've always rated him as a player, but I've never seen much about he, him behind I didn't think the, his personality was like this. It's great. It is bizarre. I, know, I mean, obviously, he was a pissed idiot, which we love. Yeah, but apparently, he's he's been like this, like... Well, he's, that's since thing, he's been at Geelong. He's a, so, he's a, he's a bit of a bogan. He loves his mm. farm. He just... I think that's one of the reasons he loved the, the appeal of going back to Geelong and going yeah. down there is because... He can. He can live out in his farm. He doesn't have to be in the you know the Russian bush of everything. So, yep. um, I think he loves that sort of side of things. But yeah, he was his videos from Grand Final celebrations were absolute pieces. And then for him to dress up as a chicken yeah. on Mad Monday as well, I thought was priceless. So good. Yeah, he, he's great value. I had to uh, follow him on on Instagram after that. It was very good. And yeah, I've been told that he's um, he's been like that for a while now. He's, he's a very funny man, very underrated. So love it. Um, but yeah, great stories all around. Um, I mean, and someone like Sam DeConning is in his first year and won a flag, or his second year and, and won a flag now. So kicked his first goal too. Yeah. So you wonder how, like, yeah, what's next for them? Whether they, uh, whether they continue with a bit of a legacy and a bit of a dynasty, or um, yeah, whether these players, well, maybe a lot of these older players have, you know, the hunger might not be there after this year. Now that they've all finally achieved it, well, 
some of them finally. But yeah, you just wonder what what happens now. Well, that's it. It's the it's the age old question with Geelong. I mean, how long mm. till they all start to drop off? But I think they've always been good at not needing to rebuild. And I still think that Geelong will find a way to continue to do that one way or another. So even if they do, I mean, Hawkins will play next year. You'd imagine yep. the same as some of these other guys. So I think even if they play one more season, for example, the club will be well aware of what time frame they've got, and they'll be planning in the background. And I can't see. Maybe it's because we've never seen it in our time anyway, in recent memory, that I just can't see Geelong falling off a cliff. No, no, they've never been. They've never been poor. Never known a long term to be poor. So good on them. They're a fantastic club. Very, very envious of them and very jealous. So yeah, good luck to them. And um, yeah, well done on a, on a sensational, sensational year to say the least. Absolutely. Um, do we want to get stuck into some trade talk, some early trade talk? There's already been some players that have requested moves away. We'll talk about it for sure. And I don't know about you, but I'm an absolute nuffy and I don't, understand the trades in term, in that much in terms of the picks that each club has and this and that, this and that. But I, I love listening to it and I love hearing all the rumours and the goss. And I've been on Trade Radio all week already. It's oh Wednesday and God, it's haven't just, missed a second of Trade Radio. I love it. I absolutely so love it. so many fake trades and... Oh, it's nuts. You, the one thing that bothers bothers me with trade, um, trade period, and it hasn't started yet, but we're not far off. But the one thing that bothers me the most is that it goes to nearly two weeks now. Yeah. And most deals don't get done to the last day. I mean, how many how many years in a row now have we seen deals get done with 30 seconds to yeah, go? I know. And the deal's been done. So, I mean, I'm really not a fan of how long it is. It doesn't need to be that long. Clubs already know who they're interested in. Players know who they're interested in. It's it's all been preempted all season. It's pretty much known. And it's just sort of the de- getting the deals done. I don't think it needs to be that long. No. Just the nuffies that call up. And, I mean, like, the people that they have on there, like, Matt Rendell, oh, come on, mate. Who are you? You're not uh, a big fan of Damo. No, like I don't mind Damo, but it's just like they just get these guys on for once a year and just talk absolute rubbish. I know, like about how Steve Silvani gets a gig. I love sauce. I, was really I do, but like, mate, you, I hear him no, see, speak on them. It's like they're just, they're just trying to fill space. That's what they're bit, doing. But to be, oh, I did say the sauce thing to bait you then, but I actually think sauce has a lot of credibility because he's been a list manager before. What's Matt Rendell has as well. Yeah, I know Matt Rendell but, has, but I, I but feel like Sauce is probably a bit more respected too. Just no, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, no, deny Nothing that. But just like, they're, just, they're on there right now. Absolutely, they're on there just filling space and coming up with these absolutely outrageous like rumours and potential trades that are never going to happen. And they're, but they're you know? fueling the nuffies, and that's where I their know, traction comes like, from. That's but why that's I, can't, I can't tune into it this early anyway. I'll wait until it properly opens. Once it starts, it's a lot more exciting. Yeah. It's hard now. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you listen now and you think, it's just all talk. It's and all talk. It's all, what do you believe? Yeah, well, not, you can't. You, you believe everything with a grain of salt, <laughs> yeah, really. Unless so. the, um, you only believe the ones that where they, they've requested trades and players like Jack Gunston wants to go to Brisbane. See, those ones I like because those ones there, even now when we're talking about it on trade radio and stuff, they give you versions of how that trade can get done. So mm-hmm. it's like these two players or this player requested wants to go to this club, he's requested a trade there. How are those two clubs going to get the deal done? And that's what I don't mind listening to. Yeah. When it's talks about, you know, oh, Buddy Franklin's going to go to, you know, West Coast next yeah. year. And it's like, well, what, what substance is there behind that? Not so that that's a rumour. So, so the, the way Jack Gunston gets to Brisbane is, you know, they could chuck in Joe Danaher and then package it up with Charlie Cameron. You know, like that, I yeah. feel like that's what they say. Yeah, not, not to obviously not to that extent, but like they're just throwing up players' names that are not even on the table to get traded. 
You know, like it's just yeah, you, you are fueling that the nuffies out there, but, but that's where your traction comes yeah, from, I guess. I and suppose. you got to pick and choose your audience. So. And everything's bloody sponsored on that show as well. Every segment's got well, a sponsor. There's a, there's a lot of uh, talk about how much advertisement there is on there. Ridiculous. Yeah, but anyway, but we will, so Jack Gunston is one of them. He's, he wants to go to Brisbane, and then you got your boy Jack Graham wants to go to Carlton. And then you. <laughs> Yeah. Almost well, that, got you there. So I find that interesting. I, I saw a, a tweet about the Jack Graham one, and I, I don't know how true it is or whatnot, but so apparently he was he told everybody, I don't know if, when every, you say everybody if it was the club or not, but he told them that he was just going to visit family and had no in, um, intent on visiting clubs. And then today there's footage and photos released of him with Ken mm. Hinckley at uh, Port Adelaide's head well, HQ. So Wasn't he at your BNF last night? And then today he was... Yeah, I mean, it's a short hour trip, but... Just, I mean, that's just very, it's like... Well, that's the thing. So I wonder, was it... It's interesting. Yeah. Like, did, did, did he methodically lie? Or it's did almost he, like did he, cheating. Yeah. Or did he roll up and then, you know, you got him... It looked like very... He was there and they said, hey, do you want to pop in while you're around? I, I wonder it how it went down. It looked arranged, for sure. I think it was definitely arranged, which it disappointed. I'm not disappointing that you're exploring options. I think that's fine. I think it's disappointing that you'd lie to the club and tell them that you had no interest in doing mm. that and then you've gone behind their back. It's like, just be up front if yeah. that's your intention. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But looks like you'll probably go to Port Adelaide then. Wow. By, by the sign, by yeah, by, by that footage that we saw today. That's the thing, but you never know. I mean, in 2017, Dusty went and toured GWS in North Melbourne and mm. never left. I mean, you never know what to believe until yeah. it happens, I'm like you said Dusty before. Dusty with Jack Graham, are you? No, I was just trying to think of another example where a player Dusty was the best player in the game at the time. Yeah, well, yeah, he was. No, I'm sorry. Well, no, he 2017. Was. Yeah, he was. I was going to yeah. say he still is, but he's definitely not. But, um, no, I'm just trying to think of other examples where a player has gone and done an, uh, a tour of another club and then stayed at his original club, and that was the first one that sprung to mind. Well, so I'm not comparing the man players. that we're about to bring up, Josh Dunkley, I think he might, he was very close to joining Essendon a couple of years ago. Yes, he was, he which he'd be absolutely laughing that he didn't do that. Yeah, I mean... What's he? He's requested Brisbane. Does this surprise he? you that he wants out of the ball? A little bit. I'm not, I would, I'd wonder. I'd love to know why. Yeah, That's I'd the love second, to know the, the second time now that he's requested a trade out. And I so. don't. It's not like he's a fringe midfield player. That's you know he could go on for more opportunity because he's got every opportunity he wants mm. at the Dogs. They've been a relatively successful club in the grand final last year. They dipped this year, obviously, but they still made the finals. Um, so it's interesting that he'd want to leave. Brisbane makes more sense than Essendon did a couple of years ago. Brisbane, at least you know, pushing for finals still or pushing for a grand mm. final. So that makes sense to me. But yeah, I can't imagine why I'd want to get out. I'd love to love the reasoning behind that. Very interesting. Could be could be money related. I, I think probably it is purely money related because it looks like he's pretty tight with everyone at the Bulldogs. Like he's got Adam Trelaw. He's uh Oh, they do a podcast together. Bromance, yeah, with him. So it's, yeah, you wouldn't say like it's anything to do with culture or the club or anything. It could just be purely financial for him. Yeah, because I know Essendon definitely had a big offer in front of him, and yeah, I think Brisbane probably would as well. Well, you'd so. imagine they'd probably be able to do something and mm. get get the job done. So it'll be interesting to see. Do you, is he out of contract this year? Do we know, or is he trying to break a contract again? I think he was out of contract. Yeah, because yeah. I think he re-signed for two years after that Essendon trade period. So, okay, yeah, which was two years ago. Yeah, well, another player that we didn't write in the run sheet, but I want to bring him up because I was planning all week to sort of roast him, and then today he's gone and accepted the deal. But Jordan Dugowie. Mm. Um, all, by all reports He's not to going is he? He's not to going <laughs> Bastard He's not to going But earlier this week The reports were that he'd knocked back an offer from Collingwood Due to the behavioural clause that was attached to it Now Today the news did come out that apparently he's accepted said offer And I'm not sure if it actually is the exact same offer Or if Collingwood revised it maybe With the behavioural clauses I haven't done my research Which I should be for this podcast mm. But I haven't done it I'll be honest 
But I just want to say, the fact that he even declined that in the first place, a five-year deal for someone his age sees him to what? He's, he's about my age now. It's so a five-year season. He's about 30, 31. Long-term deal, which you don't see a lot of those at the moment. And for all the trouble he's been in his past from drink driving, sexual assault charges, glassing someone in America, like to have a behavioural clause just made sense. But to go to turn around and go, nah, not about that. Mm. It just proves that you haven't, it just shows that he has no intention whatsoever to adjust his behaviour. So why would the club have any confidence in signing him after that? If I was a club, I don't know if you heard Mark Robinson say it on 360. It's one of the only things I've ever agreed with. Mm. But if I was Collingwood and he turned around and said, I don't like your behavioural clause. I would have said, that's fine. We'll put all the money into Brody Grundy yeah. and keep him at the club. Mm. And that's what I would have done. Yeah, but true. it looks like he's now turned around and accepted the offer, which, you know, is a positive for Collingwood fans. Um, and to go as well, because it's such a great deal. Yeah, for sure. I'd if it is the same one. I wonder, I wonder what was in those behavioural clauses for him to reject it. No, because... Given his history, you'd think, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll accept it. You he doesn't really have much choice, have, does he? You don't have any chances left, really. No. So, oh, he's lucky to still be playing. Yeah. A lot of other clubs would have gotten rid of him. Yeah, so he's on he's absolute he's on absolute thin ice with <laughs> anything behavioural. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what, what was declined in it and whether he's you know, they've revised it or or what's changed there, so... That is the thing. We don't know what was on it. So it, it could have it could have been ridiculous for mm. all we know. It could have been something way, way over the top. Um, and he's gone, that, that's common cause. I know what I've done, but this is, this is a bit much. So we don't yep. know. But on face value, um, you'd say he's an absolute idiot for turning that down because he doesn't really, like you said, he doesn't really have any chances left. Yeah, exactly right. Um, all right, mate. Did you um, have any... Crimey Rivers, big calls that you want to do, or should we um, should we save them for our next episode? Yeah, I reckon we'll save the trade time. Yeah, big calls are good for trade time. I they will be good for trade time, and we'll fire that back up. And the, there's no crimey river. I mean, the only crimey river would be that the grand final is a little bit lackluster with the result. But yeah, not gonna not gonna dive too what much about, into that. What about people complaining about? Um, I think I know where this is going. Continue ratings. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that okay. I could use that as a bit of a crimey river because that I was. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. You know, I'm going to play the sting. I'm going to play the sting. No, play the sting. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you got me fired up now. I had to play the sting. You're right. So everybody going on about the ratings and saying, well, we're going to make it Twilight again. Look at the TV ratings. They were down. They were this and that. Numerous arguments that just flatten that argument straight away. And the first one being that, we actually were allowed out of the house this time around. So not everyone was just sitting at home. Another one, I, re- I don't know if this actually comes into play or not, but in my head it did. People were doing grand final parties again where you'd have 20 people watching one TV instead of those 20 people all being at the individual houses with 20 TVs going. So I feel like that would reduce the TV ratings. Then you've got 100,000 people at the G that aren't at home watching because they're all there. Yep. Not only that, the game was done at a quarter time. All the pubs as well. All the yeah. pubs that were back open. Yeah, game was done a quarter time. Yeah, How many yeah. people would have just switched your TV off and gone, ah, maybe next year? Exactly. If you're a neutral, you're not watching that. Like you said before that you would just sort of stop focusing I mean, on the game, playing drinking games, like and more worrying about the social events you're at than the actual game. And I'm sure a lot of places would I mean, just flip the tally well, off. Imagine people that don't like footy, you know, half as much as we do, you know. That would have flicked it off. Exactly. Like I barely watched it. Imagine the people that, you know, like just watching it, just oh, they might have a small interest in it, you know. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people watch the grand final because it's such a big such spectacle, a big, a big event in, in, in yeah. Australia, in Victoria, especially. So it's 
but you just watch it for the sake of watching it. It's like, I, I'm not a big NFL fan, but I watch the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, exactly. Just because I want to know what everyone's going on about. Exactly. Same as the Oz Open. I don't watch tennis all year, but mm. I watch the Oz Open final yeah. every year. Like, it's one of those sorts of exactly. things. So It's like a, you can't can't miss it sort of thing. Exactly. But if you're a neutral fan and all one of those sorts of fans, it doesn't really care, but you'll watch it because it's on. Mm. You're, you're not watching after halftime, let's yeah. be honest. So there's a reason why the TV ratings are down. And I think it's just... The daytime grand final, and from being there in person again and witnessing it and sitting in the sun, it, it was, was great. It was perfect. Great to see it back. Perfect. Excuse perfect. The pun. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Excuse but the pun. But this it also was wouldn't surprise me though if next year it is a night grand or a twilight grand final. It would really disappoint me. It would. It would, disappoint, it would really, obviously disappoint a lot of people. But yeah, it would really upset me if they did that because I just think that you know the day all, grand final works so well. You, you go for it does. breakfast or lunch before the game. Like Swan Street was pumped. I didn't see after I, I, I mm. bailed straight away, but before the game, Swan Street was pumping. It was vibrant. Yeah. There were people everywhere. During the day, it's like, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, you can go out afterwards and enjoy the rest of your evening because the game finishes mm. like late afternoon. You're not sitting there all you know all night, yeah. and your night's gone. So, well, I found this year that with the day grand final being back, it, it came so quick. Like, yeah, all of a sudden, oh shit, Robbie Williams is on. Like, it's all it's all happening. Where it sneaks up on you. Yeah, because like the last two years we've been, oh, it's just dragged on and dragged on the whole day. But this year was like, well, shit, like it's, it's about to start. Yeah, no, right? no like, I much it, prefer it. Yeah, which is good. So you have your Barbie around midday, one o'clock, and then straight into the game, it's good. And absolutely. Everyone's absolutely um, had a few by the end of it. And I'm uh, also a traditionalist, and the yeah, day yeah. grand final, is it's always what it's been. Yeah. And I think we've got to keep it that way. Now we just need a good game on the day because the day ones over the last few years have, have not been great. Well, the last two at the MCG have been, well, for neutral fans, have been absolute stinkers. Probably the two worst you'll ever see as yeah, a neutral. As a neutral. Yeah. And then it's funny you say that Geelong have de- delivered some of the worst grand finals either. 2007. Yeah, was, that was pretty bad. I was at that one as well. Jeez. And I left by half time because it was just garbage. So you've been to three of the worst grand finals ever. Yeah. <laughs> Gen- genuinely have. I've been to three of the worst grand finals in AFL history. I was there. One of them was very, very enjoyable. Yeah. But but, but from a like quality yeah, wise, it was, not many yeah. people will be watching the Richmond GWS Grand Final apart from Richmond supporters ever again. No, exactly right. I mean, mm. I got a, we got a Richmond supporter in the other room over here, and I remember a couple of weeks ago I chucked it on the telly. He goes, "Oh come on, mate!" Oh really? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm a nuffy. Like I'll I'll watch yeah. it over and over again because you know it's just it's you fun watching your team pile goals on. But even another Richmond supporter was like, "Yeah, but oh, you come on." I don't know if that was Carlton. I would never get sick of it. I know. I'm, yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah, he, he, he's not as yeah. he's not as much of a nuffy as I am. Mm. But yeah, uh, just for an example, a lot of people don't like whitewashes. Yeah, which is fair. Enough. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, great way to end. I like it. I like that we that we got at least one of them in. That was good. I really fired you up there, and you did at the end. Yeah. I forgot all about it, but yeah, you, yeah. you made me. Uh, yeah. No, it was good. Well, emotional. short and sharp. Um, yeah, great grand final week, the longest grand final weekend we've had, which was fantastic. And mate, it's almost an end of season three for us, and, um, and it's absolutely flying by. So we've probably only got a handful of episodes left for the year. We'll do a big season review, trade talk slash trade wrap um, probably over the next few weeks, and and then we might do some uh, some November episodes again coming absolutely. up. So um, really enjoyed those last year. Yeah. So it'd be good. So we'll probably wrap up around November again, I'd say, and, and then have, have a nice off season. So, um, so yeah, this isn't the last episode of the year. We'll uh, still have a few more to go and um, yeah. And then launch into season four next year, which is crazy. Can't wait. It's yeah. uh, I can't believe it's been that long too. Huge. What a year this has been though. Like I know we're not wrapping up for this season, but just thinking yeah. the big thing back and a lot of the biggest news stories of the years I mean, have come towards the end of the season too. I mean, you look at the Clarko and Fagan allegations yeah. that are happening at the moment. Like that's massive. You've got 
Um, obviously, a lot of the trade rumors and stuff with that retirements that are happening with Selwood and things like that. Like, it's a lot, a lot happening. A lot happening. It's probably been the best footy season in recent memory. I can remember I, one of the more enjoyable seasons. I, I think, think just watching, from the evenness of the comp too. Yeah, it's been great, and and having my own team finally look a lot better. Play some as very well. good football this year. Yes. It makes it a lot easier to it watch. It does. Yeah. So, but yes, we will wrap up there and. Um, We'll, we'll chat next week and um, yeah we're certainly not done so we'll uh, yeah we'll do a big, big review next week and chat to you then <laughs>